I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Well, is it Sunday yet, DeMarco? (laughs) That's what we are all waiting for. Another chance to get out of this losing rut and back in the winning column. It feels like there's a golden opportunity there because of the opponent this week, Jacksonville. But I think this show and this week and maybe the rest of the season has far more to do with what the Rams are capable of adjusting on their end. Uh, totally. Yeah, and it's only Thursday. That stinks, right? Don't you hate losing weeks? I mean, it, it's, it, it hurts. It hurts. It takes so long to get the game day. You can't exercise those demons, but you have to wait. That's part of it. Every time we talk to Sean McVay, he says the same thing. It's You can't play the game or replay the game on Monday, Tuesday, Thursday. You have to wait until Sunday. That's part of being a professional. But, yeah, I'm just looking down this this, this schedule, and, you know, I I like the first eight weeks. The last three weeks, yeah, this I, I don't recognize this team and the point totals here. I mean, do you? We're trying to figure this out right now. This is This is dire stuff for the Rams right now. And I think over the past couple of weeks, there have been isolated incidents where you might point to A or B. But in Green Bay, it was more of an all-of-the-above situation, which I think is adding to the concern that certainly no phase, maybe not even a position group, is without party to some of the shortcomings. Yeah. Um, you know, even some guys that we, we think highly of, sometimes they have to be talked about and put on front street. Um, you know, when your left tackle gets beat around the edge, over the top, and not only gives up a sack, but you give up a sack, fumble, and then they yeah. recover. I mean, that's... Uh, that stuff goes around the league that fires up the other squad. And I, I wish I could fully explain to you what it feels like as a defender to have a two-score lead in the National Football League. It really gives you license to guess. I mean, you have a chance to go for big plays. Why? Yeah. I'm sitting on house money. Even if they score against me, if I make the biggest mistake in the world and they put one in the box on me, I still have the lead even after this. So it, it just does something to a defense when, when you give up a, a two-score lead in a football game, especially on the road with a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers. You're not getting that back. And it's, it's almost an exercise in futility. It, it might drive you mad because he is not going to mis, uh, make a mistake with a lead. So uh, this will be a tough loss to get over. And like you said, it's only Thursday, but Sunday can't get here quick enough. It's where you admire baseball. Yeah, right? The next day, move on. You have no choice. You wish you could just roll out your lefty yeah. ace and get back to it and, <laughs> right. and feel right again. Um, but look, I think there are issues kind of at the foundation of this roster and coaching staff and team collectively right now that have been brought to the surface, thankfully, at a time where there's still runway to go out and correct them. Where they are in the schedule, the calendar, though, means that those corrections have to come with the existing group. They have to be incremental improvements in the film room, on the practice field, in the weight room, whatever it is. And collectively, those incremental improvements can make a big difference. But there's there's no one from the outside coming to the rescue at this point of the season is what I'm saying. No, and that's new. I, I never thought this was that type of team, to be honest. Not since Sean McVay got here. I, didn't, I never thought that you needed outside help to come in and be the savior, to be the Calvary. I didn't think Von Miller was coming in here to be the Calvary. I thought he was going to be the gravy. Well, he, so, The sprinkles so, on top of your ice cream. Correct. Yeah. Is, yeah. Is, I think that's a bit of revisionist history, um, that perception that that's what the Rams were doing. I think they were taking a good team and trying to get them to great. That's what I thought. And, and yeah. what's happened subsequently has made it look like, oh, you're trying to slap Von Miller or OBJ 
over a deficiency. Well, no. When they yeah. signed OBJ, it was to team with Robert and Woods. Robert not Woods to, was not, healthy. Not to compensate for his no loss. No doubt. But the, the, the point I was trying to make is um, I've come to expect in the Sean McVay era for, for all of his assistance, making players better throughout the year. Improving guys, yeah. uh, getting your corners to play better than they did from snap one to snap 100, getting your middle linebacker to play better from snap one to snap 100. You know what I mean? So that's what I'm depending on when you talk about there isn't, there isn't going to be any outside help. Well, I never thought they would go outside for help anyway outside mm-hmm. of big moves like Jalen Ramsey. But for the most part, I thought that guys that were getting major reps would actually start to get better towards towards this point of the season but you know as of right now the last three weeks some of your your warts uh teams have really taken advantage of and it seems it's the same stuff over and over and over again so yeah you're hoping that those players that the the opposition has identified as we have the advantage here you hope those players take a step forward Mm -hmm. if not what happened in green bay will will happen again even against a team like jacksonville Sometimes the NFL reminds me of those cooking shows where they give you a few ingredients and a kitchen, and they say, go to work. What's the best you can do? Right. No one ever has a full pantry. (laughs) No one gets to go to Costco. Right. You, You got what you have. Who can make the most of it? And I feel like that's the stage of the season the Rams are in. My question to you is, do you still like their ingredients and their refrigerator and their stovetop and their pots and pans enough? To get to where they're trying to go. I do, but the cake is leaning a little bit. You sure. know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, they did the best they can with what they have, but I I still think this roster is a good roster, and I still think it can play better. Uh, offensively, that's what I see. Um, outside of not being able to prepare for how cold it was, I mean, how can you prepare for taking a West Coast team to Green Bay? You just, unless you, you ran them through a, a deep freeze, you just can't prepare for I that. I mean, Tampa but, Bay did it last year in the playoffs. True. Uh, they did. I mean, it, it can happen, but I mean, to me, it was a shock to the system. And just looking at the, the, the offense as a whole, uh, it's it seems like an offense that's just getting started to learn each other, you know, and still trying to get over the loss of Robert Woods. So um, that was then. Uh, the next time we see them on the field, it'll be with another week's worth of work. So hopefully, incrementally, they'll keep getting better offensively because they're not that far off. With DeMarco Farr, I'm J.B. Long. This is Rams All Access. Finally, after a month, the Rams are back in Inglewood at SoFi Stadium to take on uh, the woeful Jacksonville Jaguars, perhaps just what they need to get back on a winning track. And you don't blame the you don't blame the frying pan if you're the cook. If you burnt the bacon, don't well, blame the pan. You know, I asked the question to you, but to, to answer it myself, yeah. I still really like what's here. And it's not my job to get involved in the minutiae and the week-to-week and the win-every-game. I'm still trying to see the forest for the good trees. Team. Yeah. And this is a team that is in playoff position. There's, they're the 5 seed, just like they were before this all started. Right. Right? Their margin for error has been dramatically reduced. But if you were to tell me right now, let's fast forward to January, and I'll give you what's left of this roster, plus maybe a healthy Cam Akers, and you're the 5, and you're going on the road to, let's just say, Dallas, I'd say – Pack your bags. Let's go. Half the league let's would love be, it. Let's yeah. be this year's Tampa Bay. Now, because of preseason expectations, because of 3-0 and expectations, because of 7-1 and expectations. The Super Bowl is here. I, I, yeah. I get how <laughs> yeah. it feels now. I'm, I'm living that too. Right. But because I'm not Sean McVay, because I'm not Raheem Morris, because I'm not Les Snead, my thought is more how do we play the long game here? 
how do we get better, have a better structure in place so that we know when the rubber meets the road again in Green Bay or elsewhere how we're going to handle that? Yeah. But also, I need to make sure that I'm doing everything within the power of my roster and my options to make sure that Aaron Donald isn't depleted and injured Ah. the next time we go to Green Bay, that Cooper Cup is dressed and ready to go because, especially offensively, they're, they're personnel-wise hanging on by a thread. You know, look, Aaron's... they got three receivers yeah. plus Ben Skoranek, Tyler Higby, no other proven tight end. Well, running... that's, that's part of the development. You need other guys to step forward. We're used to that. It used to be plug-and-play with guys just waiting their turn. Aaron, look, I don't feel sorry for Aaron. Aaron's got to play these reps. That's just the way it goes. Now, if Aaron wants to, you know, change this, then bark a little bit more. Uh, Make sure you understand what turning the ball over does to him on special teams and on offense. Uh, But he's got to do the the dirty work. And if you want to get off the field, then take over the game yourself. Take the ball away. We've seen him do that before. I'm not saying he's he's been dogging it or he hasn't played as well as he's played. He has. He's still AD, but Look, the, the number of reps are the number of reps. That's just the way it goes, especially for that position. So if there's an issue, then make sure that everyone else on offense and on special teams are on their P's and Q's. It's funny. I'm not in the room with them, but you know, I, I would bet you know, uh, during the special teams meetings, they're not talking to him that much. Go sit in the front of the room then. You know, go sit in the front of the room, help the special teams coach out because it will help you if this team, this group in here doesn't turn the ball over on punt returns to put you right back on the field for 10, 12 extra reps. This seems like a situation, a moment in time, certainly a week where the answer is yes, where you can make a suggestion about what needs to improve for the Los Angeles Rams and and it's yes. And my suggestion there wasn't, hey, let's get Marquise Copeland or Michael Hoyt to play, play more of Aaron Donald's reps. Yeah. But... I do hope that for the sake of the Rams playing complimentary football, they can avoid a muff punt, um, a strip sack, a failed fourth down on two clean third and fourth down run opportunities that bring Aaron Donald's snap count closer to I, 50 or 60 I, as I totally opposed to, to 80 yeah. and that you can play with a lead for the first time since the 3 nothing advantage over Tennessee whereby some of those reps are hey destroy that guard and go put a hit on yeah. Trevor Lawrence instead of try and tackle you know 280 pound AJ Dillon over and over and over I get you, I get where you're going no no doubt absolutely I told you my daughter one day when she was when she left here she drove back to Oregon went back to school and they stopped at a rest stop and the car died well what happened well we fell asleep and we let we 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 didn't turn the car off so we drained the battery well we can't blame the battery you know for, yes. for failing because yes. you left the car on same thing I mean you can't blame anybody if you wear out Aaron Donald through the regular season because you're turning the ball over don't blame him it's the rest of the guys that are doing it. You know, I get where you're coming from. Uh, don't waste your assets and make sure you're fully healthy and energized for a postseason run. But I would say on the other side, you're not going to get to the postseason if he's not playing these no, reps. Those yeah. are the dueling dynamics. <laughs> right. <I'm> completely <laughs> right. And and the job of a head coach and coordinators and yep. position co- is is to try and solve for that, to focus on the now and also the, the ultimate goal. Yeah. And, and I think there needs to be a balance between – Let's make sure we get in. Right. And 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 look, if the Rams win this week and the Cardinals fall, then I'm I'm all gas, no breaks again. Let's go try and get the division. Yeah. I'm not saying give up on the NFC West or seeding or home field or anything like that. But as it stands currently, you're going on the road as a wild card team. And if that's your reality, I think you can take the Bucks path 
to the Super Bowl. But you got to be healthy. But you got you got to have the right guys in the I got right you. places. You got to have the the stars in the current roles that you have them. Because if you do over four quarters, you can beat anybody, including that Packers team back at Lambeau. I agree. I, I firmly believe you that. want to talk about like being sad going home on a Wednesday as a defensive player, and you're watching your offense just drop the ball all over the practice field. Yeah, you're calling your mom saying, "Mom, I got to play 90 snaps this week." I hate this job. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know it coming in. But there are days when your offense really inspires you. Look, all we got to do is get the ball back once and they put it in the box and we're going to win. That also inspires. So maybe that happens against Jacksonville this week. I hope it does. Just getting started on Rams All Access. And I want to hear from Von Miller and Matthew Stafford and some of that optimism, some of that, I think, intestinal fortitude that's still being felt at Cal Lutheran and Thousand Oaks despite the three-game losing streak. They have optimism, and I don't think it's just bravado. And we'll start with that when we continue on Rams All Access. 710 ESPN. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right, welcome back to Rams All Access. Hope you can join us in Inglewood on Sunday when the Rams play host to the Jacksonville Jaguars, trying to snap a three-game losing streak and take one step closer to the postseason. DeMarco Farr, J.B. Long here. You just heard from Von Miller, who uh, once woke up 7-1, and one, right? Wasn't that his line when he arrived yeah. <laughs> uh, at the trade deadline from Denver? Still looking for his first win as a Ram, and I think collectively we're still waiting to see what that pass rush with Donald and Leonard Floyd looks like when you're able to play in some known passing situations where a Garoppolo or a Rodgers can't just take one and three-step drops and let it go. You know, look, this is funny. It's it's the same with the Patriots and Bill Belichick. I hate to bring them up on the show, but it's funny when people count out the Patriots early in the season. They're not playing well. They're trying to figure something out, and then slowly they start to move up. November, December, they may be the best team playing. How many times have you seen that out of New England? Same with this defense here. I think it was true of Tampa Bay last year. Absolutely. Well, the same is going to happen here, and I'm fully confident of that, when the offense finally starts to gel and come together and figure out how they want to attack. Because I I don't think they're far off. I I don't think the running game was that far off. You know, the Rams actually outrushed Green Bay in the first half. I thought some of those runs... Not pop for big runs, but, you know, plus sevens, plus fives. I think all that stuff is great if you just eliminate the turnovers. Uh, And maybe on a couple of those short yardage plays, if you extend the ball, you pick up the first down, you might have a different feeling for the run game. But if the offense comes around and you start to score points and you start to build leads, then you'll start to see an offense that has to contend with Von Miller doing what he does best, going after the quarterback. 
Leonard Floyd rushing the passer. And oh, by the way, Aaron Donald as well. Not just chasing running backs, actually having a chance to tee off on guards, which is what he does best. So eventually this defense will have a chance to do what it does best and cover up those warts with good pass rush. But right now you're kind of mired in, you're, you're stuck in the mire offensively special teams it's hurting everything it's taking away your best Sunday punch your defensive pass rush but eventually you'll get it right and then we'll start to see what this pass rush can be with Von Miller speaking of that running game I I think we expand the conversation first it's not just true turn around open up hand off we're talking about perimeter throws short hitches we're talking about two screens one to Daryl Henderson one to Tyler Higby that looked like they had big play potential you didn't even get a first down out of them yeah. because you miss a block or you go the wrong way. But you got to stay with some of those plays, one, to hope to pop as the game goes on, but also to protect this defense like you're talking about. Right now, opposing offenses, Tennessee, San Francisco, Green Bay, they've all protected their defense with their offensive scheme. Right. Some more effectively than others. But the time of possession, which is one of my least favorite statistics in football, is weighing way too consequentially on the outcome of Rams games right now. What was it, 40 minutes to 20? Coming off of 36, I think it was, in the playoff loss to Green Bay the year before. And I know San Francisco ran it 40 times. Yeah. But because of the mistakes you're making, largely in the turnover department and falling behind early, they don't have to do anything differently. No doubt. And look, don't get me wrong. I have the ultimate respect for anybody that, puts on a helmet and goes out there and you know puts their body at risk for this game but when Aaron Rodgers stands there with that little smile at the end of a game talking to Aaron Andrews saying well this is a typical you know Green Bay or typical win at Lambeau that about drove me nuts Hmm. that was a backhanded shot that means they controlled you that means they did whatever they wanted to you whenever they wanted and and stayed in front so 40 minutes of possession time that's that's embarrassing for the defense and it's it's twice as embarrassing for the offense you only had the ball 20 minutes I mean, you did score 28 points. I'll give you that. But 20 minutes, that's just not enough. You're taxing your defense, and you're putting them in bad situations, and there's no secret why you lost this game. So, yeah, you have to stay on the field offensively. When it's third and one, fourth and one, you know, I don't care who's running the football. You've got to be able to pick that up. You really do. Even if it comes down to running over a safety that's running scot-free through the A-gap, I I don't care. You've got to find a way to glance off that guy and at least pick up the first down to stay on the field. It's got to be paramount. Uh, You've got to see that. And defensively, when you're out there, like you said, you're giving up 15 play drives, even if they end in punts. That's too many. That's absolutely too many. That's that's squeezing the game for Matthew Stafford on the other end. Not only does he have to make up points, he's got to do it in record time. So when you're out, out, out there on the field on defense... No matter what's happening, you've got to find a way to get off the field on third down, period, end of story. Now, Matthew Stafford's given up nearly as many points as the defense, which is much maligned this week. But True. Let, let's talk about the quarterback here. And to use Sean McVay's categories, they evaluate quarterback play. He says decision-making, timing, timing rhythm of the play, and accuracy. And I would say since the 7-1 start, Matthew Stafford has had moments where he's been deficient in all of those areas, and it's cost the Rams possessions and points. So some of this ultimately goes to the most important player on your roster, and that is the quarterback. What have you seen from Matthew Stafford? What's the difference lately? A lot of misses. Uh, If this were baseball, a lot of his passes are out of the strike zone. You know what I mean? I do. Um, So running the football on third and fourth down and not getting it, that's one thing. Uh, And then you flip to other possessions where you've got guys open. 
and he's either behind or late with the football. You know what I mean? You give a the defender a chance to make a play on it, or you just flat miss and you're off the field. So that's the stuff that can happen. So, and I understand what the talk was leaving Green Bay, and I kind of ignored it. Uh, but you heard it. Um, you know, if this were another quarterback, a guy that used to work here, we'd be all over him. And I think that's fair. And I think it's fair to be all over Matthew Matthew Stafford right now. But I do think that. Matthew Stafford is a much better quarterback than what we saw in Green Bay. I think there might be some issues there. I'll, I'll just leave it there with that. But but even in the context of that game, I think there's more you. there for him I agree. Than, there were, than there was for the other guy. Even in the context of yeah. all that, he's still hitting big plays in a way that his predecessor did not. Right. And, and I still think that there is a, a huge value add there, even though we're not reaping the rewards of that necessarily on Sundays right now. But the point you make to me is critical. All the focus right now is on multiple turnover games in three straight, picks, pick sixes in three straight. That's all true and good. But the missed opportunities to Ugh. me are almost as consequential. When you're putting a ball on a back hip or worse instead of a front shoulder, when you're leaving a ball that should be on the sideline behind your receiver at the numbers. We would have barbecued the other guy. Well, that's what, and that's fair. you know. And we should barbecue Matthew for missing those two. So I guess we are in a way. Well, But he's also paid us back with some deep balls and no, some nice no, plays. No right. question. So right. I think the, the point I'm making is he's more capable. Yeah. And therefore, he's also going to be judged by a higher standard and fair. a bar that he himself set and Sean McVay set through, let's just say, eight games. Now, what I love is the swagger, the confidence, the no-flinch mentality with which he continues to play, and he's not making any excuses for continuing to take his chances downfield. And look, the other thing we have to address is the targets that he's throwing to, at least his options, are far more limited than they used to be. And when you find out that OBJ is going to have to play every snap, essentially, and that Ben Skoranek is not available to you, Mm -hmm. I I do empathize with Stafford in terms of his timing and rhythm with those targets not being what it once was. And with Sean McVay, who says, all right, I don't have as many options in terms of the personnel packages I can deploy, especially not when we fall behind by double digits. No doubt. Uh, But I would have a question, and this is one I would have to ask Matthew Stafford or Sean McVay. Are you trying to get the ball to OBJ? Like you were, are you trying to, or is it a concerted effort to get the ball to Cooper Cup? Remember early when Robert Woods was upset, it seemed like it was the Cooper Cup show. Is that by design or is that just what the defense gave you? Uh, For the most part is what the defense was giving you. Um, But in Green Bay, uh, certain looks, it, it seemed like Matthew Stafford was, he wanted to get the ball to one guy. Even at the expense of a first down, at the expense yeah. of other people that were open or other situations, you're kind of forcing the ball in the coverage. The one that was picked, okay, it's a little bit late. And was it Amos that made the play? That stepped in front and ran with it? Uh, that's a heck of a play on defense. But there was another one where you tried to throw to OBJ on a quick in, and it seemed like the safety was all, all over it. Uh, only two things were going to happen. 
either OBJ was going to get smashed or was going to fall incomplete, and both happened. You know what I mean? So they did spin that around to a yeah. sluggo touchdown, OBJ's first as a Ram eventually. Two. But it, it took them a while to get it, there. It, no doubt. You opened it up for a play down the road, but you needed that one there. But it seems like, it, it, just to me, watching this video, is Matthew Stafford, it seems like he's trying to learn OBJ and let me get the ball to him so I can figure out how to use him later. But instead of the entire playbook, it seems like you're trying to work one guy into it. So let me ask you, because this goes back into my play in the long game. I feel like there are corners of the 48-man game day roster and then the 53 in total, and maybe even the practice squad too, that aren't being leveraged to their full potential. And I think, one, it might benefit your actual results on Sunday, and two, it might leave you in a better place come January if you're fortunate enough to make the postseason, if you can extract more out of some of those players. And I'm not saying all of these players. Like the, There may be only one name that I'm about to drop that makes sense, but I'll just give you a few of them that are on the top of my mind. Drafted players like Terrell Burgess on defense, like Bryson Hopkins on offense, like Joe Nopum, who's kind of your sixth offensive lineman. Is there a way to use him more creatively? Is there a way to get Buddy Howell or Christian Roseboom or, or some forgotten names on this roster Reps that either take some of the wear and tear off of your frontline players or maybe give you a different element, skill set, something that pairs together to solve some of what's plaguing you right now. I like what you, yeah, I like where you're going with that. Um, what came to mind was Seattle. How many times have we lined up or watched the Rams line up against Seattle's offense and instead of two tights, they bring in three tackles? You know, the third tackle off the bench. Uh, you know, it's... If you if, if you can try to find a way to get Noteboom into the offense, that would be a surefire way. There's there's your help for Tyler Higby in the in the run game. Bring in a big to help you block uh, in the passing game. Yeah, I would love to see another tight end off the bench. I don't know why they're not on the field. Well, even if he and I'm not speaking of anyone in particular with this heat. Yeah. I'm going back big picture. Even if he has not necessarily proven to you yet, at least in your estimation as his position coach or coordinator or head coach, that he's worthy of that trust, that he's worthy of that opportunity, might you need to kind of reverse engineer something whereby someone who's getting a helmet on game day can give you five, eight reps Heck yeah. that one add to your outcome and yeah. two make the reps of a Cooper Cup or an Aaron Donald or someone I else totally agree. more productive. I totally agree, and this is a hard job. It is. Football is tough this time of year, and when you're trying to find new ways to get people on the field, that's a lot to ask. But, hey, look, that might be what the situation demands at this point. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's it is what it is. You're in a situation where you have to find some creative out-of-the-box solutions with fewer weapons in your arsenal yeah. than you started with. And I, I sense that tension. Believe me, I do. And I am not smart enough as a football yeah. observer to tell you what the answers are. I'm not trying to do that to Sean McVay or Raheem Morris or Lesney or anyone. I'm just offering that as a potential way no, out I of got the predicament you. that you're in. It's funny. Uh, you'll point to something Belichick does and say it's genius. He'll look at you like, wait, that was out of necessity. Sure. <laughs> right. Just because it worked doesn't make it genius. No, this is what we had to do based on the roster. All right. I know it doesn't feel great right now for the Rams, but they are in a very favorable position in terms of getting to the postseason. We'll take the rest from there. We'll talk about that. The team that's coming in, not so much. Uh, the Jags have made very incremental progress, but they are still not necessarily uh, who they had hoped to be under Trevor Lawrence and Urban Meyer. We'll talk with uh, a representative from opponent's territory coming up on four-down territory as we continue on Rams All Access, 710 ESPN.
Welcome back to Rams All Access here on 710 ESPN. DeMarco Farr will rejoin us momentarily. J.B. Long here with a segment we call Four Down Territory, our weekly trip inside opponent's territory. And we're fortunate to have Michael DeRocco with us this week to preview the matchup between the Jags and the Rams. Michael covers Jacksonville for ESPN's NFL Nation. Michael, first, welcome. And uh, I know you're looking forward to seeing SoFi Stadium in person this weekend. Yeah, I've heard nothing but phenomenal reports and I uh, can't wait to get out there and see it for myself. I might actually get there a couple hours early just so I can just walk around and take a look and take some photos and send them back. All right. Well, we look forward to uh, hosting you in Inglewood. Let's get to the state of the Jacks. How would you summarize where they are with their first season with Trevor Lawrence at the controls and Urban Meyer as head coach? Uh, oof. Might be the best way to do it, uh, to be honest with you. It's not gone as smoothly as everybody had hoped. Um, not that they were expecting a you know playoff team uh, by any stretch of the imagination, but as Urban Meyer said this week, you know I, I was expecting things to be cleaner, especially on offense at this point. They're just uh, they're they're just a team that's uh, it's not quite in disarray for sure. I don't want to say that, but they they're still trying to figure out their offense. Uh, they're still trying to, to roll guys in at wide receiver. They're just not complete uh, in, in any way at all. So it's going to be a rough, I guess, final stretch for them because the schedule certainly doesn't get any easy. Uh, doesn't get any easier than it is. So I, you know, if I were going to, you know, kind of characterize the way this team will be, just sort of like a bit of a mess, to be honest with mm-hmm. you. How about with Lawrence? Given what you just said, it's not like he has a full complement of skill guys around him or offensive line in front of him, though he does have a good rushing attack at his side. I don't want to imply buyer's remorse. That's not what I'm getting at. But given the play of other rookie quarterbacks around the league, how do you feel like the Jags feel about their number one overall selection? Um, they're they're still all in on Trevor. Uh, you know, they believe he's going to be a big time franchise quarterback. Uh, you know, but they have, they also understand that he's dealing with some limitations here because every single other rookie quarterback, if you look at him, Justin Fields and Mac Jones and and uh, Trey Lance and Zach Wilson, they've all got a much significantly better receiving core than this uh, group down here in Jacksonville. So um, he's also dealing with an offensive coordinator and Daryl Bevel, who was a little bit resistant to putting some of the spread option uh, stuff in. Uh, but now has sort of kind of relented and is putting some of that in. So the offense is continuing to evolve, uh, even as we are here, what, 11 games into the season with the Jaguars. So um, there's still there will be plays in the game where he will make just fantastic, phenomenal throws. Um, but there will also be plays in the game where he's a little bit off. So it's it's a big learning process for him coming from, you know, that spread offense in college. And, you know, I, I don't think there's any – anybody inside that organization that is actually worried about Trevor Lawrence at this point. Michael DeRocco covers the Jags for ESPN's NFL Nation. He's our guest on Four Down Territory this week on Rams All Access. Here's question number three. I know the final injury report is still at least 24 hours away, but given what you've seen from Jags practice and the report so far, what are what's one or what are some of the most concerning uh, positions coming to Los Angeles this week from, from the Jags standpoint? Well, it's going to be cornerback because Shaq Griffin, uh, you know, suffered a concussion two weeks ago and still hasn't practiced, uh, didn't practice today either. So I'm not sure uh, if he's going to play this weekend. It doesn't look good. The other corner, rookie Tyson Campbell, is battling a shoulder injury, but he probably played his best game of the year last year or last week um, against Atlanta, his first interception, and and really kind of helped shut down – you know, Kyle Pitts as well. So 
it was uh, his best game, but that's pretty much the two best corners, and they're both banged up, and one may not play. And if there's, if there's a position you want to be 100% healthy at when you're playing the Rams, it's that one. So that's the biggest question mark for this team. I hear you. All right, if I were to give you the blueprint from the, the last three games the Rams have played, here's the formula for kind of defeating Los Angeles. I, I want you to kind of think about are the Jags equipped to capitalize in any of these areas? Create takeaways, protect the football, control time of possession, play from in front, disrupt Matthew Stafford with pressure on the interior. Do any of those themes resonate with you having seen the Jags throughout this season? Yeah, I mean, certainly the last one, create pressure up the middle. Uh, The Jags have been pretty good at that, especially since the bye week. Roy Robertson Harris and Malcolm Brown uh, have really gotten some good push, and that's why yeah, the end Stone Smoot and Josh Allen have picked up their sack numbers uh, over the last five weeks because they've they've been getting some good push up the middle. Um, you know, they're not going to be able to really play from ahead. I don't expect that. Uh, I don't expect them to be able to control the uh, the time of possession there. Uh, they should be able to run the ball okay. Um, you know, you would think. Uh, you know, that's a pretty stout defensive front, but the Jags have been able to run it pretty good and. James Robinson seems to be getting healthier and healthier every week, but it's not going to be easy. But really, probably the the, the most the one that will have them they have a chance at having the most success uh, would be getting that push up the middle. All right, Michael DeRocco has been our guest here on Rams All Access. He covers the Jags for ESPN's NFL Nation, and we are looking forward to hosting him in Inglewood for the first time at SoFi Stadium on Sunday. Hope you can join us too. Michael, we appreciate you carving out some time for us on this Thursday. Have a great rest of your week and safe travels. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me, guys. All right, there he goes. Michael DeRocco from ESPN's NFL Nation. I'm J.B. Long bringing back to Marco Farr for a look around the division as we wrap up Rams All Access after this on 710 ESPN. All right, let's wrap up Rams All Access with a look around the NFC West. DeMarco Farr, J.B. Long with you. And look, we could be having a much, much different conversation next week about the Rams' fortunes if they beat the Jags and somehow Chicago steps up and takes out the Arizona Cardinals, who seem to be getting healthy for a stretch run here in December. 9-2 and two Arizona coming off a bye against 4-7 and seven Chicago. Let's start there. Wow. You know, Chicago always has that puncher's chance because they can rush the passer. And uh, they're pretty good defensively, and they're big defensively, so they always have the shot. But um, like you said, I think you're talking about Arizona getting healthy and getting right at the right time. Yeah, um, I, I, I think... You know, looking for their demise, it, it, it ain't going to happen. It They're going to be in it at the end. It feels like they weathered their storm. And yeah. Colt McCoy went on the road and won two division road games. Yeah, you're, you're going to have to deal with Arizona. They're not going to hurt themselves. They're going to be in it at the end. So uh, whatever you're hoping for, for them to stumble so the Rams can catch up, forget that. Just take care of your own business if you're a Rams fan and if you're the L.A. Rams. How about the resurgent San Francisco 49ers? Man, doesn't it seem like a couple of years now – it hasn't always played out to the end for San Francisco, but a win over the Rams has given their season new life. When when the Rams had a chance to snuff them out, they couldn't do it this year, and now San Francisco's 6-5. and five. They're going to Seattle, and I'm not sure that even Adrian Peterson can stop where they're heading right no, now. No, I'm, I'm with you. you. You said it, and I went back and watched. Uh, the 49ers, how long was that drive versus the Rams? That long drive. 13 plays, I want to say. And then the like next that. week, their first drive was 20 plays. In Jacksonville. I mean, that's just believing. That's just coming together. I think you're right. And not only just beating the Rams, how they beat the Rams. They beat them up. And they absolutely dominated. So, 
even if it was a rivalry victory that did that for you, if they did that against anybody, they're going to be in a run like this. Remember, that is the finale for Los mm-hmm. Angeles at SoFi Stadium, hosting San Francisco. And it could, it could mean something really big, really important, and that would be awesome. If it doesn't mean anything, though, I know Rams fans are going to hate to hear this. It might be a game where you kind of put some players on the sideline and make sure that they're right for your wild card game. If, long, long way to go before that happens. But oh, if you're yeah. Not, if you're not playing for a seed, if you're not playing for home field, if you're not playing for a bye, I wonder what that week 18 is going to look like getting way ahead oh, of ourselves. Yeah. The, the, the biggest, you know what, you can send them if you've got everything wrapped up and you don't need to beat them, is give them your backups and say, we're going to take this to the postseason, enjoy you know, in, enjoy Costa Rica or wherever you're going for vacation. <laughs> All right, let's get to our playoff eliminator contest. Sorry, we have not had a chance to continue our uh, season-long game here. Remember, DeMarco and I are picking teams that are going to miss the playoffs. Whoever has the most at the end of the year is the winner, unless you pick a team that ends up making the postseason. And as soft as the bubble is right now for the seventh seed, it's kind of changed the game. Uh, but I think we both have a fighting chance to review. DeMarco has both New York teams, Jets and Giants, Seattle, Philadelphia, Atlanta, Minnesota, Cleveland, and Chicago. Why'd you pause on Minnesota? Because the Vikings also <laughs> look like they could be a problem for you. Don't worry, I okay. have some too. Okay, all right. Lions on my side, Jags, Houston, Miami, feeling all pretty good about those the Washington football team has given me some pause but I think the remaining schedule which is like NFC East exclusively will ultimately sort itself out just fine Carolina and then the Colts the Colts could be a problem could be a problem under consideration right now I think I've already made my decision Um, but Denver was there Uh, New England used to be there thank goodness I avoided stepping on them I'm between the Steelers and the Saints right Whoa, now. Between okay. the Steelers and the Saints. Uh, How do you feel about Taysom Hill? The Saints have a home game against the Cowboys. The Steelers have a home game against the Ravens. I'm afraid that whichever one of these I don't take, you will. And I'm just going to bet against... <laughs> Come on. Big Ben and the Steelers. Oh, okay. I didn't think I, I thought I was going Saints actually, but I changed my mind. I'm going to go Pittsburgh last minute. Sorry, sorry for the indecision. No, I like it. I like it. Um, I'm. Just, I just don't want to bet against Big Ben. He's too good. Mike Tomlin's too good of a coach. Uh, not this. Not this edition of Big Ben. Tomlin, I agree with you on. Yeah. I feel pretty. I'm fading Big Ben, and I'm feeling fine about okay, it. Okay, I got you. And you're right. Guess what? New Orleans. Oh, absolutely. You're going to fade Taysom Hill? A little bit. You know, if he was healthy to go at quarterback last week, why didn't he go? I can't say that I have the pulse of the situation in New Orleans right now. Which means there's something going on. I'll take New Orleans. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right, there we have <laughs> it. How about our game? Let's finish with the uh, yeah. Jags and the Rams. Tell Obviously, me you're not geek to see Trevor Lawrence up close. Be I am, honest. I'm looking forward to that. There's yeah. – there's, um, this weird dynamic in this game I've been thinking about this week where we have the Jags to thank for doing business with the Rams and bringing Jalen Ramsey to Los Angeles. I think that's worked out swimmingly for Les Snead and company. <laughs> we would do that deal over and over and, yes. and maybe even sweeten it. I got gotcha. you. I think highly they wouldn't. Of, I think highly of Lawrence, and I know maybe yeah. he hasn't delivered yet. It's going to take a moment. But the Jags have the Rams to thank for Trevor Lawrence, don't they? You know, you're right. Because I never thought of that. Of that. Home loss to the Jets. I never year. thought of that. Yeah. Uh you you could thank the other guy. Who was the quarterback again? The Jets quarterback that beat you? Um uh, he was in Carolina this year. Oh, oh the yeah. SC guy. 
Sam Darnold. Darnold, you can thank him for that. Thank but yeah, you, thank, thank you, you Adam, who was in a car accident. Thank, you. thank goodness his mind is still functioning <laughs> right. while all of ours is a little bit foggy still. From, well, Sam Darnold's not top of mind anymore. It happens. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. You're right. I never thought of that. They can they can thank the Rams for Trevor Lawrence. Well, are they really thanking him at this point? I, I look. I think so. I, I still think they're pretty content with their yeah. pick. He's athletic as they come. I'll say this about him right now. I mean, as when his arm gets stronger. You know, an, an, like an NFL-type arm, he's going to be a snootful. He's a snootful now athletically. When that arm catches up, oh, boy, and they get talent that fits him, oh, boy, look out. Let me toss you a comment from our colleague MJD from uh, earlier this week that I want to get your reaction to. It's not just a matter of the Rams winning this week, but how they win. That style point is not in the sense of what the final score is, but the manner in which they go out and perform this week matters. You should not struggle against Jacksonville. I mean, got Buffalo. I know, but... I think Buffalo was sleepwalking in that game, and it was still 9-6. But do you, is, it, yeah. is it just about surviving and getting that win and getting rid of the three-game losing streak, or is it a matter of establishing what will be your identity moving forward for the rest of the year? In the postseason? I, I think coming off Green Bay, coming off San Francisco, which came off Tennessee, I think against a team like this, you should not struggle. Now, that's not to say that Jacksonville won't take the lead if they get the ball first. That could happen, but you should be able to control the line of scrimmage. You should be able to put the ball in the end zone, and defensively, this is a rookie quarterback. He doesn't know what he doesn't know. You should be able to absolutely, I wouldn't say wipe the floor, but win handily, going away against a team like Jacksonville. If not, there could be trouble. Here's hoping some home cooking is just what the Rams need to get right for a stretch run. DeMarco, good luck cutting that Christmas tree down and (laughs) driving it home safely and decorating it before I see you again. Thank you, sir. Yes, if not, I'll be staying at your house. Yeah, there's room. (laughs) For DeMarco, for Adam Bronstein, I'm JB Long on 710 ESPN.